You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I am your host, Al Melchior. And for the next hour, we get to do something we won't get to do again for a long, 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 long time, for about half a year. And that is look ahead to the next fantasy week. Take a look back at... Uh, all the uh, action. Uh, well, we could do that next week. I'll be back here next Saturday. So we will take a look at uh, some of the uh, action from uh, this coming week. But I know what you really need if you're listening in is uh, some advice for the final, final week of the regular season, final week of the fantasy season. I know some of you may be wrapping up already. A lot of you may be playing for championships this week. I am here to try to help you out. Thank you for tuning in. You now you could be watching some college football. Uh, or whatnot, uh, but uh, lots of stuff here to make it worth your while. So uh, there is news uh, on the Mets rotation. There's an update here on Bryce Harper. Got a uh, little bit of Billy Hamilton talk. Haven't had that in a while because hadn't played in a while. So uh, Billy Hamilton is back. A slew of slugging catchers hitting bombs on uh, on Friday. And uh, as I said before, looking ahead to next week, uh, looking at the schedule, the two start options, which are, is really, really tricky to do on the last week of the season. I'll give it a go anyway. So here we go. Uh, with the news, Bryce Harper is expected to uh, hit today. He has uh, already taken some fielding drills, uh, but uh, after his uh, session today, a determination will be made on the next steps for Harper. So that is obviously a huge thing, maybe the hugest thing to keep your eyes on over this weekend as you uh, prepare your final lineups to be set by Monday if uh, you're in that sort of league. So uh, Bryce Harper maybe be uh, back Soon, soon enough to help you in week 26. Lance McCullers will be back. In fact, he'll be back before Monday. He'll be back tomorrow, uh, make his first start in a while against the Angels. Don't know what the plan for McCullers is beyond that, but I would expect he'll be making a start at some point in week 26 because the Astros would like to see if uh, he's going to be a starting option for them in the postseason. Uh, pitcher you may not be able to count on next week who looked like he was going to shape up to be a two-star pitcher, is Mike fulton He uh, cut his finger. He is almost certainly not going to start uh, in the doubleheader against the Mets on Monday. And uh, it's possible he will not pitch again this season, according to uh, Dave O'Brien from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So for that Monday doubleheader, uh, already announced starters uh, have been announced. And it's uh, Lucas Sims and Max Freed, who I desperately want to call Max Fried, but it is Max Freed. So uh, anyhow, that's just uh, the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, got more news for you, some review of uh, some important and standout performances from Friday, and a lot, lot more. So please do stick around. I'll be right back.
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, I've got more news for you. I've got uh, some lineup updates I'm going to get to uh, very shortly here. And, of course, look ahead to next week. Lots and lots to get to. Uh, but first, I just want to tell you a little bit uh, about something you should check out. Uh, both on rotoexperts.com and dailyroto.com. If you uh, go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS or rotoexperts.com slash DKMS, you can find out uh, about DKMS and its mission to fight blood cancer. A uh, lot of good information there. You can even uh, get uh, to a place where you can sign up as a bone marrow donor, uh, learn how to make a donation or help in other ways uh, in the fight uh, against blood cancer. And uh, if you're there, you also can find a link to uh, play a free DFS fantasy football contest uh, that we here at Fantasy Sports Radio Network are co-sponsoring. New contest every week uh, of the season through week 16. And then week 17 is a final where the winner uh, plays or, well, the winner gets a pair of tickets to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. So that's pretty cool all the way around. So uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, well, during the break, I checked out the lineups. Uh, of course, we've got a couple of games already in progress, Cubs-Brewers and Angels-Astros. But we've got a trio of games coming up in the 4 o'clock Eastern hour. Uh, we got the Yankees at the Blue Jays, Red Sox at the Reds. And uh, over on the West Coast, we got the Indians uh, at the Mariners. And one of the people I wanted to talk about on the show, and I will talk about uh, a little bit later, is Billy Hamilton, because he was in the red starting lineup on Friday, stole a base. That's what we want to see uh, from, from Billy Hamilton. Actually, I, let me take that back. I'm sorry. He did not steal a base. That's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so sorry about that. Just always assuming Billy Hamilton is stealing bases. Uh, the important thing is he started. He is not in the starting lineup for the Reds uh, this afternoon. I guess the Red Sox, it's Phil Irvin in the leadoff spot and in center field for the Reds. So that's, along with Bryce Harper, the Billy Hamilton situation is one I definitely want to watch closely this weekend because uh, I'll need some steals in, in at least one league that I'm still playing in. And for the Red Sox, no Dustin Pedroia. Uh, you got Brock Holt at uh, uh, batting seventh and at second base. Have not seen anything in regard to an injury for, for Pedroia. Uh, I'm just assuming it's a routine day off for him. I like Pedroia a lot for week 26. Um, been awfully good at Fenway Park. Good numbers there. Uh, Red Sox have all home games in the final week. So uh, there's another name to add to the list um, because Pedroia is somebody I would look to add if at all possible. But let's uh, get back to a few news items that uh, could impact you in the coming week and a few that probably won't, to be honest. Uh, Sandy Alderson has said that, uh, according to MLB.com, that he expects Matt Harvey to return next season. Uh, so it sounds like the team is not planning to non-tender him, which was something that was being speculated upon. 
Uh, and related to that, uh, Harvey is going to pitch tonight, but he is not going to start tonight. Noah Syndergaard is going to start back in the Mets rotation. Noah Syndergaard at last, but he's only going to pitch one inning, and then Matt Harvey is going to come in in the second inning and piggyback on Syndergaard's uh, very, very short start. Uh, there is no pitch count that I'm aware of with Syndergaard. He's just going to pitch an inning, whether it's you know three pitches or 20 or 30. So uh, interesting situation there for the Mets. Uh, the Reds have extended Tucker Barnhart with a four-year contract worth $15.5 million and also with an option for the 2022 season. This is not especially, or at least directly, fantasy relevant, but Barnhart has been superb defensively this year. He's also hit for a decent average, but that's not really been enough uh, to really give him a whole lot of fantasy value. But he currently leads all catchers in the major leagues in defensive runs above average, and he's also thrown out 31 of 70 potential base dealers. So that's the indirect fantasy impact there uh, looking ahead that uh, the Reds will likely continue to be for uh, for years to come a tough defensive matchup for base dealers. Uh, it's not something that Billy Hamilton will have to worry about unless he gets traded. So, But the other speedsters out there, uh, look out. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is behind, going to be behind the plate for the Reds for uh, for, for some time to come. Uh, interesting and, and much more um, relevant right now. For next week, the Brewers are going to face the uh, Reds and the Cardinals. So they get the number one and number two catchers in defensive runs above average. They're going to get Tucker Barnhart and Yadier Molina, Yadier Molina next week. And the Brewers are one of the top teams that I look at every week in terms of catcher matchups because they've got a number of threats there. You got uh, Keon Broxton, Jonathan VR, uh, Orlando Arcia. Um, I could add Domingo Santana to that, but frankly, I'm just going to start him no matter what. But uh, some of those uh, speedy guys on the Brewers, you might want to look elsewhere um, for your steals because they're going to face the two toughest catchers or two of the toughest catchers to run against in the majors in the same week. So that really, really stinks for them. Also, speaking of uh, stinks for them, uh, Brad Osmus, after this year, no longer going to be the Tigers manager. Um, so, uh, rough go for, for Osmus, uh, there and his, uh, tenure, particularly recently, uh, with an aging roster and a, and a bullpen that just was never really, you know, built, I think to, to compete. So, um, Brad Osmus has taken the fall, will not be back next year as the Tigers manager. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look back to some of the Friday games and, you know, my intent in, in, in putting together notes for the show today was I was really going to give this section kind of shorter shrift because we've got a week left. And the thing that I know you care about, the thing I care about is what's coming up for next week. So I'm definitely going to shift the balance a little bit more towards uh, prepping for the next week. But it turns out there were a number of performances that I just really couldn't pass up paying attention to. And some of these will have a direct impact on some lineup dilemmas that you might have for next week. A few of them might be more geared towards uh, looking ahead to 2018, which a lot of people, of course, are now doing. Um, I'm, I'm involved with the too early mock that uh, Justin Mason 
has set up. He's got four of them going simultaneously. It is very fun and very informative. So uh, I do not have those links offhand. I've been been sending out those links periodically on my Twitter account. But the thing to do really is go to Justin's uh, Justin Mason's Twitter account, and uh, I will uh, get you that uh, address so that you uh, can uh, you know, check that out on your own. But um, you know that's I'm always surprised this time of year. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I figure between. Fantasy playoffs and baseball, and then of course you know football. That people wouldn't be that uh, you know that tuned in to 2018 fantasy baseball. But been getting a lot of interesting questions and feedback on this um, too early mock. Uh, so to to find those links, I think the best way to do it is uh, go to Justin Mason's Twitter uh, page at Justin Mason FWFB because um, he's been sending out those tweets uh, periodically, and, and he's got all four of those leagues covered, so you can contrast and compare. Um, Giancarlo Stanton was an interesting one in the first round where there was really, he was kind of, uh, you know, in, in different spots and different mocks. So it's really cool to, to check that out. But anyway, uh, focus will be more on this season, on the show, but a little bit looking ahead to 2018. So again, starting off with Billy Hamilton, who started on Friday uh, against the Red Sox. So a very, very interesting runner versus catcher matchup there. Christian Vasquez, a superb defensive catcher. And Hamilton went for steal and beat the throw from Vasquez. But he overslid the bag and was tagged out by Pedroia. So uh, no steal for Billy Hamilton. Caught stealing. Uh, but that one was probably as much on him and on Dustin Pedroia as it was on Christian Vasquez. So that, you know, it's good. It's encouraging to see, even though the end result was not a good one for Hamilton, that, uh, you know, if he's a good beat after Christian Vasquez throw, if he starts tomorrow and he has started two out of three games, I would feel good about starting him in any league where I needed some steals for next week. And uh, Hamilton's matchups are great. Uh, in terms of stolen bases, he's got the Cubs and the Brewers, who have been two of the worst teams in terms of throwing out base stealers. So just keep that one tucked away. And also, this is you know, hardly uh, a headline uh, moment here, but it, since it, it really provides me with a good segue, having talked about Billy Hamilton. Travis Joukowsky has been back for the Padres, and he started on Friday, went two for three, and did steal a base against the Rockies. So again, if you need stolen base help, and this is the time of year where we're looking category by category, Hamilton and Jankowski may not play every day, probably won't, but are two options that you definitely should consider for next week if that's your priority, is uh, to pick up a few extra stolen bases. Anyhow, lots more performances to check in on lots more to look ahead with for uh, week 26 i'm going to take care of all of that on the other side of this break hello friends 
friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And over the break, I got a Dustin Pedroia update for you. And as I said earlier, this is something that I I am going to watch closely because the Red Sox have an all-home schedule in Week 26. Uh, In fact, they're one of several teams to have a seven-game week, so that's a whole lot of Home cooking goodness for Dustin Pedroia, where he's played uh, very, you know, put up good numbers at Fenway Park. Uh, it turns out there is an injury reason for why he is not in the lineup to, uh, today, this afternoon. Uh, according to ESPN, Scott Lauber, uh, Pedroia is getting treatment on his knee after he felt some increased soreness on Friday night. Uh, so the, the plan is for him to sit today and possibly return on Sunday. So I do think that that's one. You should look at, I mean, if you've got some way to just roster him now, uh, I would, would recommend you doing that. And then you can always you know, drop him maybe tomorrow if he's not in the lineup or if there's there's a, a negative update on the way. But um, that that is one of several to watch. And while we're talking about Dustin Pedroia and his good home numbers, how about Christian Vasquez, who uh, got one hit, just one hit, uh, one for four against the Reds on Friday, uh, but I talked about him in the previous segment in terms of uh, his attempt to throw out Billy Hamilton. That did wind up working out, even though Hamilton beat the throw. But um, Vasquez has had a fantastic second half, and he is now up to ninth for the entire season in roto value for all catchers, according to the ESPN Player Raider. Uh, so Vasquez having a sneaky quiet, good season. And I do say sneaky and quiet because his ownership rates, and I understand that players with a a late surge are going to have lower rates than you might expect as people, people's leagues end, people get eliminated, people focus on football. Uh, But even so, take that into account. Vasquez is owned in just 21% of the leagues on CBS, only 16% on Yahoo and 15% on ESPN. So he is there. Very good chance that he is there for your league uh, next week. So consider that with the seven-game home schedule for the Red Sox. Uh, so far this year, Vasquez is hitting 372 at home. Uh, the first three games are against the Blue Jays. The last four are against the Astros. So some tough matchups in there uh, for Vasquez, but uh, I, I still like him a lot as a catching option for next week. But uh, lots of catchers here to talk about Wilson Ramos is red hot over his last nine games. He is 14 for 31. That's a 452 average with four home runs. And another one of those came uh, against the Orioles yesterday, a uh, part of a three for four game. He also doubled in that one. So uh, Ramos is, is absolutely red hot and somebody to, 
to consider. Although somebody, and I apologize to the person who asked, uh, especially if you are listening, uh, somebody asked me about Ramos or Chirinos for next week. And I said Chirinos because Chirinos has been steadily good, particularly in the second half with an OPS over 900. So, yeah, I'm be, I'd be more inclined to go with the hot hand in the final week. But then again, it being the final week, if I have somebody who's been steady and is not ice cold or hasn't been ice cold for you know an extended period, I'm going to go with that person over the hot hand like like Wilson Ramos. But you know, if I've got somebody who's been struggling or has terrible matchups, Wilson Ramos is, is out there as, uh, as an option. And I talked about Ramos, I'm pretty sure it was on last Saturday's show. At that point, a week ago, he had already exceeded the home run rate that he had last year when he had a big power breakout. But because he's been achieving it with such a high pull rate this year, that it's not really realistic to expect his his batting average to rebound. And well, of course, that in in fact turned out to be wrong for at least a one week period because uh, he's had a couple of three hit games, I believe, back to back for Ramos. But looking forward, I I would you know look for him to be more of the two fifty hitter he was going into last weekend than the guy who's going to keep hitting. 450. Uh, and I realize in a week's worth of play, you know, we're, we're, we're talking small numbers, small samples. But, you know, again, like I said, if I've got a reliable option, uh, I'm still going with that, that option over Wilson Ramos. Chris Iannetta hit two home runs, number 15 and 16 against the Marlins. One was against the starter, Adam Conley, a lefty. But then he also, Conley did not stay in the game for real long. And that was a real slugfest on both sides. But uh, he hit the, that second one against Dustin McGowan. And that's a little sort of microcosm for Chris Iannetta, who has typically been a lefty masher, but has worked his way into more regular playing time because he's hitting both lefties and righties really well. Hitting lefties better, but hitting righties particularly for power this year. So he's he would be one of those players that I would would start next week. Uh, you know he's he's really kind of got it going for him both in terms of being hot right now, but also having some extended production for quite a while now. So big two homer game for Chris Iannetta. Let's keep rolling with catchers who have hit two home runs. Travis Darno hit his 14th and 15th home runs against the Washington Nationals on Friday. That is now a career high for Darno. And he has hit 11 of those 15 home runs on the road this year. So um, City Field's never really been a tremendous power park for right-handed hitters. Uh, it's also not been that good for lefties this year, which is a little bit of a departure. Now, there, I think it's just some of the normal variation that you have year to year with park factors, which is why it's good to look at multiple years. But uh, for the final week, Darno and the Mets have Four games at home against the Braves and then three on the road against the Phillies. So, you know, not somebody I'm, I'm going really far out of my way uh, to pick up. But those are not bad matchups and he does get three games in a good venue for him. Uh, also in that game, by the way, against the Nationals, A.J. Ramos was brought in for the save and was lifted after just getting one out. Uh, he also allowed a, a hit and a walk in that one, but it was really more of a matchups issue. And then Jerry's Familia came in with two outs and got the one out save. And that should be a huge surprise. I also don't, wouldn't read a whole lot into it. 
in terms of Ramos's value because the plan has been for several weeks, if not months, that Familia was going to get some save opportunities late in the season, uh, at least one. So he's gotten at least his one. I wouldn't be surprised to see Terry Collins maybe try to get Familia in there for a whole inning at some point. Uh, so I don't think Ramos is necessarily done getting saves for the year, but I also think, first of all, he has not been that effective of late. And secondly, um, you know, he may have to split those in the final week as well as this weekend with Familia. Uh, back to slugging catchers, Kurt Suzuki, home runs number 17 and 18 on the year uh, against the Phillies. And he's an interesting case because he's really hit well since the middle of last year. I think it was in June when he switched over to that axe-handled bat, and he's really been a much better hitter ever since. Uh, but uh, he'll be a free agent, and, and the offensive numbers have to be very tempting uh, for some teams. But he is still a defensive liability. He has 10 pass balls this year. And bear in mind that Suzuki is split time with Tyler Flowers, with Flowers for much of the year actually getting the lion's share of those starts. And even so, Suzuki has 10 pass balls and has thrown out only 13 of 54 base dealers, which is a slight improvement over last year, but still not very good. So be interesting to see if Suzuki gets signed somewhere. I don't know if the Braves have an intention to bring him back or not. But if he gets signed somewhere where he can increase his playing time, uh, because that obviously would be great as a uh, for fantasy owners. But I have to wonder how much of his defense is going to maybe deter some team from giving him a bigger role next season. Uh, I want to shift attention now from the catcher position to the keystone position, second base. Brian Dozier. With a big game yesterday, two for five with his 32nd home run and his 16th double. And it feels like it's been a really, really long time since I've talked about Dozier. Um, and maybe just because he's kind of done what he does. He got off to a slow start, which he did last year. And then um, has had a very good second half, finishing up with typical numbers, helping out with steals, 30 plus home runs. Um not heading for a great average, hitting right around 260 about now. Uh, and that's kind of what you can expect given Dozier's profile, that he's very fly ball prone, very dependent on pulling the ball for his power. So um, what you see is what you get with Brian Dozier. But um, I found it interesting that as nice of a season as he is having, and as much as I've perceived that second base is a relatively weak position, he ranks just eighth among second basemen in roto value. Now, part of that is that uh, I'm including Anthony Rizzo in those rankings, which uh, you know I don't know how that's going to shake out next year for the the various sites in terms of uh, Rizzo's eligibility. But even if we take him out, that's still just seventh. He is behind both Whit Merrifield and Jonathan Scope, and of course Whit Merrifield is one of the top outfielders in roto value, which I, I just am still trying to wrap my head around that. But I did a Twitter poll to see how people perceived these three second basemen relative to one another. Brian Dozier, Whit Merrifield, and Jonathan Scope. Because, you know, I have to wonder if, um, you know, maybe, you know, the, the recent performances is, is going to put Dozier behind them, not just in the rankings this year, but in terms of ADP next year. And uh, so the poll is closed 
Some very interesting results on that one. And uh, I know I've got a head to break here momentarily, so I'm going to keep you on the, the edge of the cliff here with those poll results. Very interesting. So, so I'll break that down. And uh, some interesting pitching performances to talk about. And finally, let's get to week 26. All that coming up right after this break. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year. Much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRack Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, the host for this entire hour. And I'm um, going to get back to the edge of the cliff here that I left you on right before the break. Let's talk about Brian Dozier. Good game on Friday against the Tigers. Good second half. Good overall season numbers. And yet, he is behind both Whit Merrifield and Jonathan Scope in terms of roto value for the full season. Uh, now, before I get to those Twitter results, those Twitter poll results. Um, I just want to point out that, first of all, Merrifield in particular has really had a breakout this year. I mean, Scope has been sort of building towards being a a top producer, but uh, Merrifield, almost completely out of nowhere this year, has dramatically reduced his strikeout rate. Um, So there's certainly something there legitimate to buy into with Whit Merrifield and with the regular playing time. can certainly see him being a big steals contributor for years to come. But the power, I, I'm not sure I, I, I'm completely buying into it yet. Uh, he's got a 30% hard contact rate this year. And even Jonathan Scope, I question whether or not he's overperformed in terms of his fantasy stats. He's got 105 RBIs with more than a week to go, but he's hitting 341 with runners in scoring position. I'm not sure that's going to be sustainable beyond this year. So I've got questions about both, whereas Dozier, we, we certainly know who he is. So basically what I'm setting up here, I'm sure you see exactly where I'm going with this, is um, I, I if left with those options, I would go with Dozier over Scope and Merrifield, despite the fact that he's been out-earned by them in Roto value up to this point. Put it to a Twitter poll, and it came out very, very even, which just makes this even more confusing. Jonathan Scope won the poll. of the vote. And I think that's totally fair because like I said, he has been improving as a, as a power source. He's in a great park, uh, should have a good team around him in terms of run production. Although again, I'm not sure I I buy him as a hundred plus or 110 plus RBI guy. Uh, But I I could see that Dozier did finish second with 33% and Merrifield right behind him at 30%. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. And, Merrifield, like I said, the one thing I'm very confident about with him is the stolen bases. And we've seen, you know, with Trey Turner, for example, I mean, that that alone goes a really long way towards giving you value. So yeah, that, that's going to be one I'm probably going to come back to over and over again during the offseason. Um, but uh, again, let me bring the focus here to to the here and now. And uh, before I get on to previewing next week and some of the hitter and, and, and pitcher matchups and such, uh, three pitchers who went 
yesterday. That will give us something to think about for week 26. Garrett Richards made it six innings against the Astros, but he didn't just exactly squeak through it. He threw six scoreless innings, allowing just one hit and one walk. And he got six strikeouts against the Astros. That is very, very impressive. And Richards has been impressive before, but that he's done it against an elite offense and did it for six innings. Yeah, I'm trusting him pretty much everywhere next week. Well, full disclosure, I don't own Garrett Richards anywhere. Um, he might be out there. He has been out there in the leagues I've checked in. You should check. Uh, I definitely trust him, and you should trust him next week against the White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field uh, after he blew away the Astros at uh, Minute Maid Park. Kendall Graveman and Erasmo Ramirez are going to face each other next week, and both are pitchers on good rolls. Graveman, uh, Graveman on Friday faced the Rangers. He went seven innings, just gave up one run on six hits and three walks, only four strikeouts, but that's not a whole lot new for Graveman, who's not been a big strikeout guy. He's been when he's been effective, more of a ground ball guy. And over his last eight starts, he has a 3.20 ERA and has a 52% ground ball rate over that span and a 29% hard contact rate, which is a little better than average. Now, Graveman also has made six of those eight starts and really good parks for pitchers. But the his season finale like I said, he's going to go up against, as it stands right now, Erasmo Ramirez. That's going to be at home. Not that, uh, excuse me, Safeco Field would be uh, a bad venue either. But uh, Oakland Coliseum, a very good venue. So it gives Graveman some value in the final week. But he goes up against Ramirez, who's been really just as good. He went eight innings against the Indians. So higher degree of difficulty there with the matchup. Eight innings get the Indians, 10 strikeouts and no walks, just one run on three hits. So an outstanding outing for Erasmo Ramirez. And over his last eight starts, and this isn't completely arbitrary that I've picked eight starts for both Graveman and Ramirez because that's when they started to perform better, just coincidentally. Uh, over his last eight starts, Ramirez has a 3.14 ERA, just six points lower than Graveman's over the same period. Uh, however... He's been doing it in almost the exact opposite way from Graveman. First of all, he's been getting more strikeouts, which is always a good thing to see when you're a fantasy owner. But a lot of fly balls. His ground ball rate, only 39% over that span. A 34% hard contact rate, which is worse than average. And he's been doing it really by and large. Well, balls in play. A 227 BABIP over those eight starts. But that goes with with the fly balls. Maybe not to that extent, though, especially with such a high card contact rate. So of the two, Ramirez might be the better bet for strikeouts, but, uh, and especially by the way, given the matchup, given that he's facing the A's, could get some strikeouts there. But I actually like Graveman better for this matchup because there's just something that doesn't add up with Ramirez's eight-game run with such a low BABIP and allowing so much hard contact. Don't quite buy it. So... I would stay away from Ramirez next week. Again, uh, categories are super important right now. So if K's are more important than wins or ERA or whip, then Ramirez is probably your better choice. But I'd say if ERA or wins is a better, uh, or I'm sorry, a uh, 
a greater area of need for you, I'd go Graveman. So something for everybody with these, these two pitchers. All right, well, let's continue on looking at week 26 uh, pitcher and hitter matchups. Uh, the Orioles have a five-game week next week. So it's uh, not a bad time to withhold the benefit of doubt from some of the Orioles hitters. Now, I wouldn't include Jonathan Scope, who I just talked about among them. Certainly, you know, not Manny Machado. But, you know, if you've got a good first base alternative, maybe not the week to trust Chris Davis, maybe not the week to trust uh, Adam Jones, uh, particularly because uh, they're not going to be at Camden Yards. They're, they're going to be, I, uh, let's see, it's... Uh, the trap I know is one. I want to say Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Tampa Bay. I think are the venues. I'm going to check on that real quick, and I apologize for not having that at the ready for you. But basically, it's a short schedule with poor hitter venues for the um, for the Baltimore Orioles. So it's just it's again it's a week to uh, not give them the benefit of the doubt. Plus, I was I was right. It's the the Pirates and the Rays and their parks. So that doesn't bode well for uh, a lot of your borderline Orioles. Uh, I would include Trey Mancini, too, uh, among that that list. Uh, the Braves, on the other hand, they have an eight-game week. I'm not really sure, to be honest, who would be on the borderline there to benefit from that, but... Uh, you know, particularly if you're in a deeper league, that's something something to take into consideration. And then a whole bunch of teams have seven-game weeks. The Cubs, the Marlins, the Mets, Cardinals, Nationals, Red Sox, which I mentioned before, very important for uh, Dustin Pedroia and Christian Vasquez in particular because all seven games are at home. The White Sox, the Astros, Royals, Angels, Yankees, A's, and Rangers. Uh, I would say the Rangers are another team that stands out as... Uh, one that where a few players could really benefit from that seven game week. Delino DeShields is somebody I would look uh, to, to start or, or pick up if he was out there, Shin Tzu Chu. So uh, something to, to think about there. Uh, now those teams with seven games, uh, and I'm going to leave out the, the Braves who have the eight game week here, because as I mentioned before, the pitchers that are going to start the Monday doubleheader with the Mets, Max Freed and Lucas Sims, I don't know if either of them's going to get two starts. R.A. Dickey starts on uh, Tuesday. Don't know if he could possibly. I would lean against him getting two starts, and I don't know that I trust him with one, even though his last start was pretty good. So basically, those are your options in terms of considering two-star pitchers, and none of the three are are locks to even get the second start. And you know, Max Fried and Lucas Sims. It's just it's hard to trust them between the two. I, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Lucas Sims, and maybe if that uh, rotation firmed up, which I doubt it will by Monday, maybe I would make a move there. But there's some other options to look into. Uh, so there are a number of pitchers that are going to uh, have pretty good shots at two start weeks. So um, one of them is Carson Fulmer, who left his last start with a blister. But that's I, I talked about it on the last show because this is how excited I am about the possibility of two starts for Carson Fulmer that I brought him up a week in advance. And then he left that start against the Astros with a blister after, uh, I think, two batters. Uh, but he starts off with the Angels and could finish up on Sunday against the Cleveland Indians at Cleveland uh, on the last day of the week when you figure they'll be sitting some regulars. 
keep an eye on that one because in terms of, of pitchers who are available, who might make two starts, he, he's still one of my favorites. And A.J. Cole, same thing. I don't even know if he's going to make one start next week. The Nationals have not announced any starters beyond Sunday. But Cole could be an option for Monday. That would be at Philadelphia. I just generally like the Phillies as a matchup. And then the second start would be against the Pirates, who I love as a matchup right now. And either venue would be great. Pittsburgh or Washington, that one's going to be at Nationals Park. So good venue for A.J. Cole, who is a fly ball pitcher uh, against an offense that's really struggled. So those two, Fulmer and Cole, available, particularly Cole, just about everywhere. Um, you could you'll probably wait to at least till uh, Sunday to make a, a call on that one. Anyhow, a few more pitchers that I want to clue you in on uh, after the break. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, I'm going to shoehorn in a a few more pitchers to look at uh, for the week ahead, who have at least a shot at a two-start week. But uh, I want to go back to Bryce Harper. I've got a Bryce Harper update for you. He is, now this was tweeted out a little while ago, so I don't know if this is still going on. But uh, according to Jamal Collier of MLB.com, Bryce Harper is participating in a sim game at City Field. So um, shouldn't be too long, I would think, before we get more news about what the next steps are for uh, for Bryce Harper. Like I said at the very beginning of the show, I feel like that is the storyline to watch over the next uh, 24 to 36 hours uh, as you get ready for week 26. But you got to start some pitchers, too. Talked about some of my deep, deep uh, favorites, uh, Carson Fulmer and A.J. Cole. Neither one will even necessarily make one start, but they could make two. The matchups look pretty nice for both of them. Um, so just tuck that away. But in terms of uh, some pitchers who are probably maybe a little little tougher to find on uh, waivers, but uh, also maybe a little higher probability of making two starts uh, and, and, and having some success. Uh, Colin McHugh got uh, pushed back uh, because of the Astros inserting Lance McCullers back in the rotation. Uh, so he's now, instead of having a two-start week this week, he looks like a pretty good shot to get one in week 26. He's going to definitely get a Monday start at Texas. 
And then uh, the second start, should he get it, would be at Boston. I really don't like those matchups, to, to tell you the truth. Uh, Texas should be pretty good for strikeout potential. The Red Sox are absolutely not. They're not the greatest venues. They're not the worst either. So I, I'm sort of nonplussed about McHugh next week. He's he's good enough on his own merits to be, you know, to be trusted. And, you know, if I'm going to give Carson Fulmer kind of a free pass for having the Indians because it's the last day of the season, I could probably do the same with the Red Sox. Uh, you know, sort of depends uh, on, on how things shape up uh, as the week goes on there. But uh, that may be one where, you know, they're they're resting people as well. So Colin McHugh, certainly somebody to consider. CC Sabathia kind of had the same feelings. I like his matchups better. He's got the, the Royals at home and the Blue Jays at home. Uh, so maybe I'd give him a little bit of an edge over uh, Colin McHugh. Daniel Megden, I think everybody's probably interested in this guy because he's had two scoreless starts in a row, including a complete game shutout. He has three quality starts in a row, and he's got a 22% hard contact rate over those three starts. He gets the Mariners at home, which is nice. Finishes up at Texas. Uh, you know, uh, if I had to rank them, I'd probably actually go Sabathia over Megden because of certainty factor, but I might go Mangdon over McHugh. And then you've got two Rangers pitchers who could get two starts. Andrew Kashner is almost certain. He gets the Astros first at home, then the A's at home. Uh, that A start is probably enough for me to to buy in on Kashner. Cole Hamels, I would say forget it. Uh, I just don't trust him against the Astros and that's the only one he's really assured of making. And yeah, he's had three pretty good starts in a row, but the the matchups haven't been that difficult for Cole Hamels. So oddly enough, I'm sure a lot of people will take issue with this, but I would definitely go Kashner over Hamels. I think Kashner's had a better season. I don't completely understand it, but I trust what he's doing in terms of inducing soft contact. And uh, Hamels has just been really unreliable. So that's it. That is my last piece of forward-looking advice for the 2017 season. Thank you so much for joining me today. And hopefully if you've joined me before, thank you for that as well. Anyways, producers coming up next, featuring the producer of this show, Pete Cazzadori. Do stick around for that one. Have a great week, everybody.